Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Beanboys. Today, we have again with us Eistan Ulvestal from Sveco, from Oslo, Norway, uh, who has a very interesting presentation, a very, very intriguing topic. Hello, Eistan. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for letting me speak about uh, what I love to do. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not... It's not that often you get to speak uh, undisturbed about the things you really like. So uh, you, thank you, you are, very much. You, you are more than welcome, and you are in the right place because uh, this is this is what I try to do here. Uh, and um, I'm really looking forward to to learn from these things because you do you you are working with so many interesting and exciting things. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to learn from this. Thank you very much. So we. Um, we tried to uh, find a catchy name, so we called it uh, the death of drawings, uh, <laughs> <laughs> using BIM models to uh, improve build quality. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the title is, is because we, we try to uh, do things drawingless. We try to, we try to skip drawings. Um, and um, if we have a look at the agenda for today, a little bit about motivation why we, why we try to do things without drawings. Um, why do we want to build directly from a BIM model and not from uh, 2D drawings? Then a little bit about uh, the advantages this gives uh, gives us when we when we're building with uh, when we ordering third party products for our structure whether that be a steel or a concrete structure. Then a little bit about uh, what size do you need to do this? You don't really need a huge project to take advantage of this. And then as a bonus, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about site vision and how that can be used in different projects um, at the end. Nice, sounds yep. exciting. Good. Um, so if we uh, go present myself, I'm Oystein Ulvesta. I, uh, I graduated in 2000. I've got a master's degree in, in uh, construction engineering. And uh, I've been working at least for the last seven or eight years with, um, with bridges, mainly concrete uh, cast in site, um, cast in situ bridges. And I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to um, follow me there, then, then please look me up um, because I, I write quite a lot about the, the projects that we're doing. And lately, Ranselva Bridge, that, uh, that's a 634 meter bridge uh, built without drawings. Um, so, okay, so a little bit about motivation. Um, and I say this is in Norwegian, but, but the pictures are, are quite telling anyway. Um, today, 2021, we, we do most of the work at site uh, by manual labor. And uh, nearly everything is done by manual labor. If we have a look, uh, say, 40 years in the future, then I'm a happy old man. Uh, and at site, they'll be doing uh, more and more robots and machines at site. Um, but machines do not like uh, you you don't feed machines 2d data yeah uh, before you go ahead can you please go back yeah sure uh, how you came up with this 40 years gap like uh, like uh, 
Do you really believe that it's going to take so long to to have so capable machines on our building sites? The the reason I chose uh, 2061 was that I started with finding a happy old man. <laughs> and I, I thought <laughs> I thought how how old is this man? He's probably 40 years older than me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but but what about this? Like do you really yeah. believe it's going to take 40 years for us to to get robots productive mm. robots on our building sites? No, no definitely not. But um but uh like trying to look into the future when when they send the first people to to the moon yeah they they would uh, be very very disappointed if they knew where we are at today uh, <laughs> we still haven't sent anyone to the moon uh, si since 1970 or whatever and uh, and they they thought we would have flying cars and and, yeah. and whatnot so I, I want to be a bit careful in in saying to what extent do they have machines, but uh, but 40 years is a very long time. So yeah. hopefully and probably a lot more than what I'm guessing here. Yeah, yeah, uh, I believe also because uh, the the how the technology has developed lately, it's growing exponentially. Uh, I see. I think we have everything in place to achieve this much earlier, not a mass scale, not globally, but at least in some countries. I Definitely. strongly believe like we should have this by 2040 uh, yep. on, on some building sites, on some countries. We should de definitely, we have technology and not only that, we have something that is even more than that, more important than that. We have people, visionary people that see potential in this and are trying to, to direct funds and to invest in this. Mm. So. I think we have the ingredients for uh, for a success story, but like I said, not to 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 complete scale to full scale, but mm. uh, locally. I think the 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 key is standardization, uh, both of uh, data and uh, and building technology, um, like um, and making standard units. Um, and if you manage that, then you can ro uh, roboticize a lot more than if you don't. Um, and um, I'm not very good at predicting the future, so uh, <laughs> so I don't want to I don't want to predict too much. But but what I do know is that whatever we feed these robots, it will not be two D two D drawings or or PDFs. It will be digital data. Um, yeah. So. If we have a look at this one, you know, this is not the way you will do it. You will not dumb things down to 2D and then feed it to uh, to robots. You need to feed them 3D data in some form. Or or not. Let me uh, uh, say this. I, I maybe not even 3D data. They don't need to see it 3D. Mm. Right? No. You, mm. They can they can read it if you, you, you as instructions. Or, uh, right. Mm. But but uh, the people who's uh, who's making the instructions, yeah, yeah, uh, they need to uh, visualize it somehow. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's better done three D and of then two D. Of course, as long as long as people will still be involved in this, of course. But when we will have AI architects and engineers that will design a complete mm. bridge instead of us, mm. then then you remove. So uh, if you remove the, the people from here, from the equation, you, 
you have a streamlined process uh, yeah mm. right true um then then of course the question is how do you quality control it by a human but um but that's another uh, discussion yeah. <laughs> of course um but so so the interesting thing here then and the motivation to um, to do this is if if and even even at, even in the end you know when it happens yeah. you'll you'll have robots doing manual work uh but but to get there we need a transition where humans learn to build from 3d models before that can happen so back in um in 2010 or, or whenever this process started then every worker was reading 2d drawings then you now in 2021 at least in norway you have now a period where humans need to learn how to do how to read and extract information from 3d models uh, digital data and then you will uh, because you can't really have 3d models and 2d drawings going parallel for too long so and and then when humans know how to read 3d data then you can slowly mm -hmm. start uh, uh, making robots understand 3D mm -hmm. data. Yeah, well, uh, regarding having uh, 2D drawings and 3D models would not be efficient. You can have it, but you will just burn money, right? And you will not be competitive. Like you will have mm -hmm. uh, your competition doing only uh, uh, skipping drawings and you, you will be left behind, of course. Yeah, and, and uh, at some point you need to start producing 3D models to standardize them. Um, and and so the key is standardized data sets, uh, and and that's not that's not something you you just start doing in one project. You you need that to come gradually, um, just for humans to understand the data and machines to to understand the data. That that, um, that needs to to uh, progress slowly and gradually. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll also have uh, a look at uh, third-party products, like we said. Um, when we're doing a bridge like uh, the bridge we're uh, building now, Ranselva Bridge, we, I guess, ninety-something percent of um, of the bridge. Uh, that's that's uh, things that we produce ourselves, uh, concrete and and reinforcement and to, to a certain degree uh, tendons. But then we have uh, things like we show in green here. Uh, we have a joint and, and a joint is, it's very important that it's, it's fitted uh, correctly. Um, and normally you'd only have 2D drawings to do this. And in a complex uh, structure where you have a lot of reinforcement as well, it's it's quite hard to to foresee everything uh, that might clash so um so getting a, a good 3d model from the uh, deliverer is very mm -hmm. important uh, in this case it's uh, maurer and um and they've uh, provided us with um with the ifc file that's been very very useful wow um so 
having a look at the same joint just in, in different uh, ways of displaying it, we can now very clearly see what we need to adjust to, to make this fit uh, the structure. And um, uh, the good thing here is that, or, or the rather the difficult thing here is that when we start the project, we have no idea who the deliverer is. So, so we need to reserve some space, but we do not want to reserve too much space because then we, we cannot finish uh, any of the, the, the pouring uh, stages uh, next to the next to the joint. Mm -hmm. um, another example is um, the free cantilever parts. So um, I'll stop here for a little bit just to show the layout of the bridge. Mm -hmm. So so this is the bridge. The joints we had a look at, uh, they're located at the ends of the bridge. So mm -hmm. here in axis one and in axis uh, eight. And uh, for example, when they start building this part, then they do the hammerhead first, and then they build the first segments on, on either side. And to build these segments, they need... Um, formwork. They, yeah, formwork. formwork. Correct. So you'll have one of these on, on either side of the structure. Um, and um, the forces and the weight of, of this is is quite uh, quite large, so, and so we so we need to hold them in place, and we do that by making holes in the uh, concrete, and those holes have been from our side, uh, they're symbolized by by these marks, mm -hmm. and here we then get a very detailed. Uh, 3D model uh, of of the deliverer of the, the scaffolding mm -hmm. the product that we can then for casting of the second segment then I can very easily and visually check whether the holes fit the holes that I've made in my structure because it would be quite uh, devastating if we had to start <laughs> drilling new holes uh, here yeah and here we see they, they fit perfectly at, at all the stages where I need them to fit. And if we go down here on the lower end, mm -hmm. we also see that, that we, we uh, hit, the, hit the holes that we anticipate. Um, so this is a beauty of, of the BIM design and, and 3D design. Um, we um, we feel we have very good um, control over things that would be very hard to do in in 2D. And then if we have a look at um, again, here here's the joint that we had a look at. Mm -hmm. What is the joint made of? Uh, um, steel and rubber, because this. Um, the thing is the abutment that's you know that's uh, yeah. built into the um, into soil so that doesn't move at all but mm -hmm. uh, the bridge itself expands with uh, yeah. with heat mm -hmm. so and contracts yeah yeah mm. it's a figure right what is the word in english 
joint in English, fuge yeah, in okay. uh, Norwegian, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and we can then have a look at, uh, for example, if we have a look at the reinforcement. We can then see quite easily mm -hmm. what needs to be done. Does it clash with anything we've made so far? And what needs to be adjusted for this to uh, to uh, to fit um, and and um, and and what bars need to uh, to be added so that uh, the, the 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 joint uh, is is properly connected. Mm -hmm. Um, so having, uh, when you write these contracts on, on, uh, third party products, uh, we see, uh, an importance for the, um, for the people manufacturing and building to, to have good contracts where it states that the third party a deliverer needs to deliver their product in in 3D BIM models. That's that's getting more and more important. Um, because if you again, if you only had these uh, 2D drawings, like like these ones, uh, you would um, you would very easily get a surprise um, at sight. Uh, of course, it's been done for hundreds of years and and they've managed that uh, but uh, but the quality control that you you're able to do now is uh, is unprecedented yeah that, that's not an argument like that would be a reason not to improve it, uh, at all uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so if we have a better solution like we definitely must employ it like mm -hmm. it will lead to uh, to uh, uh, more security for people who are working not forget about this the very important aspect saving money and yeah maybe building it uh, quicker maybe right yeah so yeah no i agree um and then we'll have a look at uh, s uh smaller projects like like we um talked about in the in the opening and th this is um a small well it's it's relatively small it's about uh, four or five meters high it's um corner foundation one of four in a, in a structure in a building and it's uh, it's concrete and there's some uh, quite enormous forces uh, going into this um, structure mm -hmm. but it's um but it's relatively small uh, in width and from a 2D drawing, we we see that uh, there's enormous amount of, of reinforcement needed in here. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're uh, when you're doing the the design for the reinforcement, it's very very hard to see in 2D drawings if this is going to fit or not. So if we we were then asked if we could do a a 3D model of the uh, of the reinforcement, uh, and we'll have a look at the model here now. Let's see. Got something else? So here. Oh, well, what is this a stadium? Um, I wish I could tell you. I okay. uh, I, <laughs> I can't tell you. It's um, okay. It's fine. No yeah. problem. But um, but if we 
if we see here now, um, it's it's packed with uh, reinforcement. It's it's really really hard to make it all fit. It's mm -hmm. uh, we we worked uh, a number of hours to make this fit, and of course we see some eventual uh, some small clashes, but but uh, we knew they were going to be able to to do that. Um, it's going to be very difficult to pour the concrete here. Yeah, but I'll show you pictures because it's already been casted. Um, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, uh, yeah, so this is how difficult it is to fit. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but like you need to use a syringe to try to <laughs> yeah but without the 3d modeling it would be a lot harder because uh, here you have uh, in in some of the sections you have five layers that want to compete for the same space yeah. um well if you don't we... have like uh, how i think here like if you don't have the 3d model there might be mm -hmm. a, a possibility that you cannot build it because you did, uh, here when you did it in 3d you see that you have place if mm -hmm. if you, you count you encounter a challenge you try to fix it before you did that right imagine mm. now imagine being there and the uh, being uh, forced to to fit all this and you cannot do it just mm -hmm. stop the entire crew working and try to find the solution right how how much expensive is that to do definitely and and um as you see this is a test casting, but uh, but it looks it looks beautiful. And um, and again, if we see uh, some of the the layers here, for example, this one, mm -hmm. um, how how we have to uh, how we skew them to make it all uh, fit. But um, uh, regarding the the one clashing. Mm like what is the 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 thing with them uh the ones that we saw clashing down here yeah um well these ones when you um when you model them you you can start bending them uh, separately yeah uh, but but uh, as 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 often as possible do you you want a rebar to be part of a group mm -hmm. you don't want to you don't want to explode it so every rebar is unique yeah um so if you if you can see from your design that clashes are solvable then allowing small clashes like this is it's okay because you you can see that if i if i tilt this a little bit yeah uh, we will have space so so what is the the measure uh, what what do you do then to to be sure that it won't be um, a clash on the site so you you um, what how do how do you um, uh, fix this um if well for on this on this side i could show you quickly let's mm -hmm. see um but before uh, in the first place if you you would not have a 3d model you would not have seen this <laughs> and definitely not um <laughs> and and i'm sure they eventually would fit it all but but it would take a lot of manual labor because what we're okay. able to do now is uh we can do uh automatic rebar uh takeoff with um with um 
bar bending schedules mm -hmm. so that uh, a machine can bend all these rebars automatically. Yeah. And then we do a um, sequence like this so that people at site uh, know which one, uh, which of the bars goes first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so you, from up, uh, down, you just uh, have it in the order how they should place them. Yeah, at least wow. our suggestion on, on okay, how they okay. should place them. Yeah, yeah, sure, I understand. But the, the, nice, very nice. Yeah, mm. well done. Uh, thanks. And then on uh, on information takeoff, you know, you we can automatically uh, take out um, uh, bar schedules and yeah. say if I only wanted to take out rebars for the lower part, then I'd just mark uh, these ones and mm -hmm. then do a bar bending schedule for those. And then maybe yeah, tomorrow I could do uh, another one mm -hmm. of the top one. So it gives you um, gives you quite a lot of flexibility on large projects, especially um, when you want to order things. Um. And, and do you make any notes in the uh, bar bending schedule? for those, for the series of bars that you could not fit in the 3D model? Or how, how do you exactly you handle this? Um, we, we could do that, yeah. So if we have a look at this one, when we have, um, uh, we have a number of attributes uh, that's, um, that we've attached to every object. And here we have a number of, of uh, open comment fields that we could add uh, attributes or information if, mm -hmm. if needed. Okay. Um, in this case, we've only had, um, uh, yeah, we, we haven't added much information because um, there was need, no, no need to. But mm -hmm. uh, on, on the Ranselva project, we have a lot of information there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, the the um, uh, so the casting was was uh, I was very impressed by by the shape of these. So um, yeah, it, it looks like art. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else should we mention. Um, yep. Just. Uh, um, an interesting comparison between the this this is the hammerhead of uh, Ranselva at Axis Two, yeah, and then we see uh, what oh. it looks like uh, at site. So it's um, it's it's fun when when things matches and and um, we clearly see here how they've used uh, the information at site to to build exactly what we plan. Um, and it's been mentioned before, but. Uh, but we are, of course, very proud of um, that we won the um, Trimble Global BIM Awards for best project in the world, um, 2020. And the last time someone won, it was uh, it was this project. It was the Museum of the Future in um, wow. du Dubai. So, so that says something really about nice company. Uh, a really nice company to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it says something yes. um, about how far infrastructure projects in Norway has come. Uh, and how important it is uh, that you have a, a governing uh, a party, like from our case, it's Statens Veivesen and Nye Veier and Veidirektorate who who uh, who work with uh, 
with the industry to to um, standardize data and mm. uh, and sort of uh, lead the way to to uh, and and saying that uh, we accept uh, BIM models, we accept uh, third-party control of models and not drawings. So that's yeah. uh, we've yeah, been yeah. lucky that in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. And uh, let's not forget about Baninur. Baninur is also uh, doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and to let's see before we go to and and speak about uh, um, uh, site vision, I just wanted to to show something uh, as well, and that's uh, standardization of um, um, standardization of of uh, reinforcement data, because mm -hmm. when you don't have um, when you don't have uh, drawings, let's see if I can find a slide on this. Yeah, I don't have a slide there. But uh, when you do uh, when you do um, drawing of, for example, a section, mm -hmm. then what you're what you're making is a principle that can be applied to uh, to uh, fifty cross sections. Yes. Um, and controlling it is is fairly easy, but when you do a um, model, then you actually have to control all of the reinforcement of the whole model. So if we if this was a bridge, then instead of of uh, just controlling a section, I would have to control all of this reinforcement. And by seeing all of this reinforcement, it's hard to see if there's one rebar missing. <laughs> So what you want to do is uh, somehow classify your rebars so that it's uh, visually easy to control. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, see this one, bottom, bottom slab um, uh, longitudinal reinforcement mm -hmm. or the... Yeah, it's uh, easy to understand. It's easy to see if you is something missing or uh, something misplaced. Correct. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So... Um, uh, and and same with, uh, for example, um, the wall reinforcement. Here we see that it's uh, there's there's nothing missing. But to do that, you need to um, uh, to classify your rebars very well. So we've we've used quite a lot of time on these what we call mock-ups, which are simplified, maybe one meter wide uh, parts of the bridge. Um, where we try to sort of make our rule sets for how what our model will look like. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever you're going to do with your BIM model, making these mock-ups uh, will be one of the smartest thing you do. Um, and especially like for for things that you want to use parametric design to to make it's very 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 important and also for for challenging parts like uh, blister areas uh, where where you have tendons coming um let's see if we can have a look at at that here if i find the right um See, that was the short version. Um, can you see my screen now? Yes, yes. So here we have a fly through uh, of the bridge. 
Um, and we can now see the, the tendons here. Uh, and where, where the tendons stop, we, you, you have a different tendons stopping in different casting segments. Mm -hmm. And where those segments or, or tendons stop, you have um, what you call a blister that we see here. Mm -hmm. And, and that blister uh, takes, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of compression force there. So um, in the old days, the reinforcement of, of this area is, is it's very complex. It's very heavily reinforced. And to see that your design actually would work, you would do a mock-up, um, a full scale on-site wow. mock-up. Wow. And these mock-ups we knew we we now do in our um, computers instead. So um, if we have a look at it there, mm -hmm. um, but the challenging part here is is modeling. Um, we have about five hundred um, connecting points, so we have about five hundred. Um, Let's see, or that's a bit much. Say, say maybe uh, three, four hundred blisters, and every one of these blisters have unique reinforcement, um, and every reinforcement blister have about uh, hundred hundred different unique rebars. <laughs> so if you if you do the math, it's it's a lot of manual work if you if you can't make rule sets that that uh, define them yeah yes it is so um so making understanding your principles and trying to make uh, uh these these mock-ups then they it gets very very important so um so that's um yeah a trick to anyone like a tip to anyone that uh, that's going to do this uh, themselves then uh may, making a, using a lot of time making good mock-ups for everyone to understand what they're up against that it's good yeah um, sounds like a very sound advice thank you yeah mm. um then we'll uh, go on to speak a little bit about um um trimble sight vision and trimble sight vision for Anyone who's uh, not seen it, let's see, can have a look at this video. Oh, here we we see, um, well, first of all, we'll have a look at the device itself. Uh, so this is Trimble Sight Vision. It's an um, antenna uh, connected to uh, some kind of display. Mm -hmm. And the display has this uh, program called uh, um, Trimble um, Connect and Trimble Sight Vision. Where you where you then able to display holograms uh, on the on the phone? It's a bit like um, Pokemon Go, mm -hmm. just the um, augmented reality. Yeah, basically that's what it is. Um, and if you use um, this is uh, SketchUp files, and by using SketchUp files, you're able to do a lot of uh, graphic stuff. Uh -huh. um, and you can also import IFC files. Uh, 
the good thing about IFC files is then all your metadata can be reused. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to get this placed correctly, then you need the antenna uh, where it places it down to um, uh, quite, it's quite accurate. It's, it's accurate enough to, um, to do uh, most, most tasks. Uh, two centimeters there is, is a normal accuracy that you, you can get down to. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, here on, on what we're seeing here, we, um, we were going to build this retaining wall, but at the back of the retaining wall, there's, um, let's see if I can see that. At the back of the retaining wall, there's a huge landfill. Mm -hmm. So if the retaining wall was too close to this um, landfill, then we would have to remove like, uh, you know, 15 meters height worth of, of uh, rocks. <laughs> it would take forever. Um, but by by quickly adding it to Trimble Side Vision, we could then easily see that this can be built in front of the wall. So that was not a problem at all. Mm -hmm. um, so it definitely has its uh, place and, and value. The, the, the hard thing about this product, though, is that uh, whenever you have something shadowing uh, your satellite, then it gets gets hard to um, to uh, place it correctly. Mm -hmm. But you can use it without your antenna as well. Like we'll see here. This is just uh, me uh, goofing around at home. Mm -hmm. um, so this is just uh, a, a pretend. Uh, <laughs> rebar mock-up to protect my own popcorn yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> and uh yeah so my my boy wasn't at least virtually able to to access the popcorn yeah <laughs> um, and the good thing here is that you could press the the rebars yeah and then you could um read the say, information Yes, correct. So that uh, potentially this gets very, uh, very valuable when uh, w when you're at site and wondering uh, what uh, what rebar number is uh, is this um, I'm I'm about to install. Exactly. And and then you could say you were to check another sofa in your in your home because this is done only on a uh, on a um, on a phone this uh, at this point i don't have the antenna connected mm -hmm. and then if i want to do um, uh, if i want to do design for example um, like what do you mean that you did it on your phone uh, can you install side vision on your phone uh, yes correct um you the only thing you then, yeah, you can use it normally and the gyro in your phone understands when you use the phone uh, where, where the where the model is supposed to go. Of course, you have to place them, the models manually. So they're not geo-referenced. Mm -hmm. And of course, accuracy is not, uh, it's not millimeter accuracy, but uh, but for my kids to understand what we're going to build in in the uh, <laughs> in the back of of the house, that was enough. Where, and, did you, where did you design this in Sketch in SketchUp? 
Uh, this is a, a Tekla. <laughs> in Tekla, you did this uh, woodwork in Tekla? Yeah, and then I imported it into uh, SketchUp uh, and, and added some colors, if okay. I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's silly and it's just goofing around, but it it also shows uh, it, proves, it, it proves the the worth of the of this technology. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then when you bring this to site, we have some other things here. This is. Um, about uh, one and a half years ago, I believe, when they before they started casting in the, the foundations at site, mm -hmm. and this was also just to check what we were able to do with the, with the Trimble site vision, just to um, get a feeling for for what the what, what we were able to do before we before we promised too much and before we got. Uh, um dependent on it mm -hmm. you see here it's um it's quite quite a nice uh nice tool the the trick though of course is to experiment enough with it so you know what it can do and what it cannot do mm -hmm. well, well are there any things that you think can be better that they are um, are limiting the experience Some important. um the speed of loading a model like it, it loads your model quite fast, but when you're gonna set it out, the antenna takes uh, takes some time to to uh, connect the satellites to to get the position right. Yeah, but that uh, is not something directly that has something to do with side vision. Mm, if it's no, I, with GPS with the positioning. Yeah, I I don't know enough about the technology to mm -hmm. know where uh, where the bottleneck is, but. Um, and the other thing is filtering because you you have potentially enormous amount of data. You you know you have maybe two hundred thousand rebars and you only want to see five of them. Mm -hmm. So and you only have a small device to sort of uh, with with four buttons to press. So how do you make filters that work? And how can you push small uh, small models? taken from a huge model uh, to your device without mm -hmm. too much work so um yeah, that's so, all yeah what about the the preparing the three the the ifc file mm. like do you it, it involves a lot of work to prepare it to make it usable for side vision or it's uh, quite straightforward and it goes fast it's no it's quite straightforward but but the problem is that when we uh, do our deliveries to people at site we we push the whole bridge yeah, you know we we don't want to. Well, we divide the bridge into maybe um, twenty IFC models, but to for IFC to be useful, they need uh, maybe uh, one thousand smaller models. So and they want we don't want them to be dependent on us to prepare those thousand smaller models. Mm -hmm. Um. So those models should ideally be uh, be pushed from an IFC model, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, how do you how do you choose only five objects out of uh, two hundred thousand objects? Yeah. Um, it's probably quite easy to do, but uh, I haven't seen it yet myself. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, well, it's uh, uh, the technology is still at the start, right? The potential is there and is definitely going to improve or, over the next few years. Definitely. Uh, but the potential and the usability, I have no doubt, it's is definitely enhancing and helping with uh, with uh, building and uh, verifying, checking mm. things as well. So I have no doubt it's going to be, before we get replaced by robots on building site, definitely it's going to be a technology that is going to be very present on many building sites. Yeah, no, I, I, um, uh, I definitely uh, agree. Um, and it's, you know, it's coming in in, in ever increasing speed. Um, it's, it's more for the challenge for us is keeping track of mm -hmm. what's out there and what is useful and what's only what's useful and cool and what's only cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to keep, uh, keep track. And, uh, uh, but, but, but then again, it's, um, uh, I, I guess you have to see it as possibilities and not, uh, <laughs> and not, sure, sure. uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know what, uh, what is interesting, um, that actually, uh, the next week, let me quickly check to be sure. No, it's in two weeks, I guess. Mm. Uh, because uh, we are talking about AR, I, mm. I will have a guest presenting actually a competitor of Side Vision called mm. DGIS in two oh, weeks. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, so uh, yeah, uh, I um, I really see a lot of potential in this and I want to, um, uh, to, to learn more about it. And um, yeah, spread the word. Yeah, cool. Um, I'll attend your um, yeah. live show. You are more than welcome. <laughs> um, that was uh, what I was uh, going to show you. Um, I um, uh, I guess if if anyone has questions, then um, we could yeah. do that now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had some questions. I asked some questions during time. I had more questions, but I forgot about it. Let's see. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll try to remember while uh, I read the the um, the people watching, I guess, questions. Let's see. So, yeah. Heiko Dennis, uh, AR usually reacts to images, barcodes and similar. I understand that the antenna is used to get the GPS coordinate and compare it to the ones given by the model file. How did your phone recognize the cupboard without an image or antenna? Um, the... Um when you use uh, Trimble Sight Vision, you uh, um, you 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 choose a, what will you exported your model into global coordinates, so that the antenna then understands or the device understands where to position your model. So in Norway, we're using uh, what's called NTM. I think it's um, like Norwegian something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the uh, abbreviation is for, but, but at least it, it positions it uh, where it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that you have to tag uh, at all. Okay. So you, you, have, um, you have some one or, or several files it could be a combination of IFC files or, or DVG or whatever, SKP, SKP, yeah, um, the SketchUp files. Um, and then it combines those at the, at the correct uh, place. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. 
next question. Uh, Terry FLBAC uh, says that side vision uses the GIS antenna, a laser, and the camera, so you can only use compatible devices since it calculates the distance from camera lens to la uh, laser antenna. Yeah. yeah, I think you could uh, set that up if you. Um, it 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 has some some mobile devices that it prefers, but uh, I think if you measure the distance between your camera and and the equilibrium point of your phone where you connect it, you could you could basically use any phone, but it also needs to to know the the um, the, uh, the field view like like the the camera setting of your phone to mm. to know um what what level of zoom it uses for example um so i think uh, at least we have a Sam, uh, samsung uh, device that's of some sort that that was um that was um uh, yeah that was what they suggested we use mm -hmm. isn't it working on tablets yeah, I, can, I think you could use that too. Because that um, would be bigger, you'll get a bigger uh, surface to work with, right? Correct, yeah, that would be a beneficial. But uh, of course, if you're going to hold it and walk around with it, it, uh, it gets quite heavy. You, you, your hands get tired if you're going to stretch them out and, and hold this device for a while. Hmm. Okay, cool. Let's go to the next question. Uh, Michael Victoriano, what are your criteria for breaking up your models into multiple individual models yeah no good question um what we uh, see is that we normally have a reinforcement model and a concrete and cast in uh, model and tendons uh, that's one separate model and uh, axis um, is one model and information tags is one model and then backfilling uh, is one model so and then also for example if we have a look at um, this bridge yeah. and this view um, every every axis and every peer in every axis is is one separate little set of models um, so, because when you're going to control it uh, or build it, you you very very seldomly need all information at once. You probably only need this one uh, smaller part. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I could I could open a model just to, so we could see it. Um, sure, awesome. See. It'll take a little bit of of time to load it but while we while we wait we could uh, we could talk about it um, and why we divide it is that you um, you normally don't need uh, very much information uh, at once you you normally only uh, here we have uh, access four of, of the bridge and if we have a look at what kind of IFC models this is so we have uh, reinforcement here. Mm -hmm. We have a form. We have a form of the superstructure just to understand what we're going to connect to. Mm -hmm. And then we have 
information tags annotations yeah yeah and then axis and when we combine these then they turn into this one and the filters that we use let's see so so every element that we model here has uh, the same kind of attributes connected to them whether that is a information tag or um or um or um or, or concrete or reinforcement they all have the same tags and that means that we could start using these kind of filters uh, they go across the different ifc files and, and can be used for um uh, for all, all elements mm -hmm. yes yeah. so, so again the whole model is probably made up by 40 or 50 ifc files Awesome. I hope yep. that answered the question, uh, yeah. but it was very detailed. Thank you. Um, let's see. When do you see this type of technologies uh, going up, uh, going to be used more widely? And what are the obstacles in front of them spreading more and more? I think it's referring to uh, AR, augmented reality. Um, yeah. Um, one. One thing is um, it, it needs to be faster to load and more user-friendly because today you need specialists to, to sort of handle the device. Um, it's, um, it's a bit too complex or, and it's a bit too expensive. And it's also whenever you're in a shadow of something above you, it's sort of uh, you, you, the, the position of your model. So uh, it is lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're looking at pipes in the ground, it's very useful because you don't have anything above you. But if you have scaffolding around, then often you'll see that uh, it loses position and then it takes a couple of minutes to, to get it back, uh, the model back. And, mm -hmm. and that's, uh, no one has time to, to, for, that, uh, for that at site. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, that's that's the obstacles I see myself at least. Yeah. But ge georeferencing things that you can trust is is in the right position. That's very very valuable and useful. Mm -hmm. So if we see it compared to uh, Microsoft uh, Hololens, for example, mm -hmm. which is a helmet that basically does the same thing, but the models are referenced by you need you need some something. You know, it's it's not based with GPS signals. Um, that's that's also useful, but uh, but then you you need some kind of uh, markers in the area where you where you know where they are. Mm -hmm. And the problem with um, Hololens is too that the technology is, is um, you need quite a lot of education and understanding of the product to to uh, to sort of place things um, fast. Early days, yeah, early days. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, I completely agree on that. It's still early days of the technology, and definitely that is a, a barrier. But let me say something. I think most of the serious companies in Norway are dipping their toes into this. They are using it. Even if it's challenging, mm. uh, I believe most of the biggest ones are, are using it in, in most of their projects, or they are trying it. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Any projects, right? So uh, if you are a company and you want to see the potential, you definitely should try. Because mm. you cannot understand this just waiting and uh, watching, looking for other people, how they use it. You need to try it on some project. Uh, these tools provide some uh, demos and you can you can find uh, interesting things. And of course, they are limiting. But still, even with limited functionality, you can unlock potential. You can unlock things that you cannot do. You cannot imagine. You need to, uh, like, or you can do only in your imagination. Mm. So And, um, and, and um, uh, there's there's not very many standardized ways of doing it yet because it's so new. So you, as you mentioned, you need someone that has uh, enough time to play around with it. Uh, it's it's like anything that you're going to invent or do for the first time. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you know, they, when they invented um, antibiotics uh, or if they, whatever you're inventing, you, you, you don't know what you're going to invent. You of have course. to, you have to play around with it. And then, suddenly you invented something yeah exactly exactly no but uh like uh, not only for construction industry ar it's here to stay it's mm. it's a, it's a huge it's a many billion dollars uh, a business that is mm. just growing and growing it, it flourishing and uh, booming mm. and especially for us because uh, on the field it's so practical work involved so it's definitely the tools are not there the technology is here and uh, the interest is there so there are not only Norway, like uh, because I know about VGIS and definitely Side Vision as well. They have companies in many other countries that are uh, trying, trying. Mm. It. So it's just a matter of time until it, it will become mainstream. But mm. uh, it, it's also a choice, right? And who won't use it won't become very effective. Like people using this will will become more effective on their projects. It's, it's so easy. Like yep. you, you will you will end up saving time and money. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, um, a, um, a, a com complementary tool that that helps you solve other things. But but you also need some uh, what uh, uh, what some colleagues of mine are referring to as uh, "fuck you" money that <laughs> that you yeah. eventually think you're going to throw away to experiment with. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, with some luck, you'll or or most probably it's going to come something useful out of it. Research and development uh, definitely yeah, should be something for you. Should yeah. have at least one guy. If you have, uh, I don't know, if you, if you are a decent side company, you should have somebody to mm. to to try these things because it's so so much uh, happening, right? And yeah, there there are many things that you you won't find the right way how to use it, and you you won't understand everything how it works. But one simple thing can can lead to to huge uh, improvements on your projects, and which will lead in uh, to profits in in the end, right? Definitely, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, uh, let's go ahead. Um, Terry is asking parametrization of the rebars in the undergirder for the cantilever bridge. Do you get dropping lengths? Uh, can you repeat the question? Uh, you said uh, okay. undergirder of, uh, of yeah, the... undergirder yeah. for the cantilever bridge. Do yeah. you get dropping lengths? Dropping length, length. Oh yeah, yeah. Length, I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yes, we we have um, uh, we have uh, parts of it. Uh, let's see if we could. Uh, I could start another model that takes a little time. Um, but yeah, we um, we have dropping lengths, and uh, and there again, we've used comments uh, on. Uh, 
the yeah we'll, we'll um it will take a little time to load but uh yeah as if i understand the question correctly in the bottom here even though we have reinforcement uh, going longitudinal here uh, at the bottom you'll have rebars that uh, uh that's that uh, has to be cut if every every rebar should be the same length mm -hmm. and also um, since this height is longer than this height mm -hmm. we also have dropping length um, uh, vertically mm -hmm. but we've solved that by um, we, we've said that we need a minimum uh, splicing length and then further in we uh, we have length that that are uh, that where the splicing is is uh, theoretically too large mm -hmm. and let's see if we have the model here so here's one third of the superstructure um takes a little bit of time to load and again we see that we have uh, a number IIC files that make up the the whole thing we have uh, reinforcement and we have form and we have information tags and we here also have uh, tendons mm -hmm. like this and if we have a look at uh, here we can here we can do for example um, uh, pouring stages and if we have a look at this one we can see that we have a splicing length here. And here they are a minimum of, of the splicing length. And we, when we come to this point, then they'll be a bit too long. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's a cost of uh, standardizing, um, standardizing the uh, uh, rebars instead of uh, having all of them unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Uh... I think you, you must make a choice. Will you save more time or more resources? Or yeah, you must find a balance there, right? Yeah, mm, definitely. Um, yeah, do we have any more questions or? Let's see. Um, Victor, great presentation. Thank you, Einstein and Petro for sharing with us. Thank you, Thanks. Victor. That's nice to hear. Uh, Terry again, how do you convey the relative tendon placement in the cantilever part for the workers? Um, yeah, that's, uh, th there's several ways of doing that. Um, uh, again, we, when we started this project, we, we had an idea of, uh, how it was going to be done. Um, and now if we could do it again, we would probably, uh, we could probably, we would probably model objects going from Let's see if I add this one. And we will probably model objects going from this point down to um, uh, down to some kind of surface so that you would have uh, another IFC file here with, with data. Um, uh, for example, from the bottom of your tendon down to the uh, underside of the concrete and there you could read metadata from that object quite easily mm -hmm. 
um, we're getting into the you know the detailed parts of the modeling now, but uh, I guess if I didn't answer the question good enough, then then just contact me on LinkedIn or wherever, and I'll see what I can answer. Yeah, cool. So do that area. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Michael Victoriano, thank you for answering my question. I learned something new today. Thank you, Bimboys, Petro, and Einstein. You're welcome, Michael. Um, Victor is asking, Helio, didn't get the presentation from the beginning. Are you still preparing 2D drawings? Sometimes we don't model everything. How about the other details? Uh, yeah, I um, on on this project we some in some cases we have third-party products. Uh, for example, um, let's see uh, again um, these ones um, drainage where uh, as uh, initially when they when PNC uh, PNC is building this uh, bridge when when they contact their um their people producing the drain mm -hmm. then they sometimes prepare 2d drawings and also we have uh, 2d drawings uh, as principles for um for uh, backfilling underneath the uh, reinforcement for uh, for example uh sorry um beneath the foundations um because the problem with um, excavation ditch is that it 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 never looks the same from day to day, so it's a lot better with a principle here than mm -hmm. than a two D or, or or a BIM model that's that's never that's always going to be outdated. So we probably have about uh, well ten drawings on this project with principle things. Yeah. Well, regarding the backfilling. You don't really need to be that accurate either. It's not like uh, reinforcement, mm. right? So it, it's it makes sense to to. But yeah, we, maybe in the future, I don't know, will be another solution, or I ha I have no idea. But yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Ten drawings instead of how 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 many would you would you guess would have been necessary for this project? Um, two, two between two and three hundred. Okay. Um, and what we're making are the the least uh, time-consuming ones. So um, um, the really time-consuming ones, they, they you know they would take a lot of time. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. but but again, uh, kudos to to the people at site. Uh, you know they they are the heroes of this experiment. They are the ones. Um, like uh, people at PNC has been fantastic in in uh, in first taking our models and then using the models in new very genius ways, mm -hmm. um, and then people at site who's never worked with uh, BIM models before they've always worked with drawings and then they managed to make this huge and vastly complex bridge. Uh, and, and being one of the first uh, teams in the world to do this and. Um, that's impressive. I, yeah, it's it's. I am I'm, I'm I'm very very impressed by the work they do. So uh, so again, uh, uh, yeah. Now 
they they are the heroes in this. Yeah, and because the, if if they would not agreed to do this, then you 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 have no no reason to do it, right? In the first place, so it's it's about the entire team. Yeah, yeah, and, and if the client they... as well, the client as well, willing to approve this, right? Because maybe you have a client that doesn't want to 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 hear all this noise. What are you doing? Don't try anything crazy on my project. Do it uh, the old way or something, right? So, mm. I think uh, it was a great team uh, to, also, to to have it. Yeah, yeah, and also of course, if they if they couldn't do it, you know, if you want to but you can't because it's too complex or and yeah. and and it's uh, written with errors then you know we then we would understand that we were doing something wrong and had to maybe go back to two drawings and yeah. yeah and and for my part i've tried to think about this uh, like i don't want to force this method because i like it because it, it has to work both in third-party control and at site, mm -hmm. and if it didn't, then I would be happy to go back to two D drawings. But uh, but then I'm happy to see that, that it's they, working. They, yeah. But, sorry. By the way, how how much of the the bridge is built? About thirty-five uh, percent now. Okay, so there is no doubt that it's possible to finish it this way. Yeah. No. No. I'm now. I'm certain. Uh, okay. You know. Everyone has their doubt at some point, but um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm positive that this will be okay. Very nice to hear that. Amazing, mm. great work. Okay, Terry, thank you for your answers. Einstein. Yeah. Mm. I don't have any other questions. Uh, Thanks again uh, for inviting me. It was amazing. Thank you very yeah, much. As always. Uh, and and thank you very much for everyone that asked questions.